Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Network Show. And happy Wimbledon, everybody. We know that grass season is very short, but we do have a slam, and we love it. Today, we're going to start talking with the men's. We'll be back in a couple hours to do the women's. Don't worry, folks. We know that is our bread and butter, and we will be back for that. Joining me, as always, looking handsome there in his athletics hat. No cats as of yet, but the line we have set on cats for the pod is over half a cat. Minus one <laughs> way. Spread, how are we doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great. This has been fun. Like you said, you know, nothing beats a three-week buildup for a Grand Slam, right? So, I mean, with all this grass court tennis, how could you not be ready? I know. Kasekin is playing well. Ostapenko is playing well. I'm not going to ask John how Svitolina is doing, but how are things up north? You got There's a ah. Canadian team in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> I might rage quit this stream right now. Let's not go there. You can't even be happy for your countrymen. Come on. <laughs> F, no. I won't Get swear. the cup on the right I'll side of the F, border, huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> I would rather stop watching hockey forever than watch Montreal hoist that cup and listen to Montreal. <laughs> this, I'll a, say one thing before we get back to tennis. This rivalry goes beyond hockey. This is a city-to-city -city dislike. So, no, I will never cheer for Montreal to win anything, ever. <laughs> well, now that everyone's riled up and ready to go, <laughs> let's dive into the men's draw. We've got the first quarter here of the Novak Djokovic Invitational. We're going to try to think of some other interesting things to say, folks, because we know every podcast has already said ad nauseum, this sets up really nice for Novak Djokovic. In fact, we could have just done this show in about 30 seconds, but we're going to try to look at some other stuff. He is our one seed. He is there in the first quarter. Man, what a, what a cakewalk he has until probably that quarterfinal. And John, as I look at that quarterfinal, I've got Andre Rublev in there, but is there another name that might surprise us to be there? And if it is, can can that person, you know, push Novak a little bit, maybe take a set, maybe even two off of him? I don't think so. I think the first quarter is pretty bland, pretty plain. I do think that Rublev is uh, – he's, he's a guy who likes the quicker courts, right? And I think that the comfort on grass hadn't been there in the past, but I think that's starting to build – and I do think he can work his way into this tournament. And I'm just, I'm I'm pretty sold on a Rublev Djokovic quarter. But again, because he's still building up that game on grass, I'm, I'm just not sure, especially against the returning ability. One of the guy, one of the few guys who does return at such an elite level on grass in Novak, I'm just not sure Rublev will, will trouble him. I don't, I don't think, I've never seen a draw like this in terms of, he was already the, the, the commanding favorite entering. Rafael Nadal's not playing. Fed is 39 and on two bum knees or two bad knees, not bum knees. Uh, and so, like, he was already the the prohibitive favorite, and he gets a draw like this. It's just incredible. Um, I'm not sure how you don't have some uh, some take on Novak being in the final, whether it's um, name the finalists or or even his outright at a dollar eighty. I still think there's value there. He wins this at least 60, 70 percent of the time. Yeah, that seems to be the best number out there: a dollar eighty or minus one twenty five spread. Again, you take a look at this fourth quarter. If you don't see anyone that's going to upset the apple cart, everything to touch on there. Maybe just take kind of a second. You know, you've been a tennis fan for almost a century now. As you start <laughs> to put Novak's career in perspective, are you a fan of kind of what seems to be bubbling up now? This, you know, there's just going to be him now, and we don't know who's going to challenge him. Does that excite you? Does that bother you? Maybe give us your feelings on Novak, unless you have maybe a surprise winner of the first quarter for us. Yeah, it's one of those things where while we're experiencing it, it, it I think it might be a little tedious, and then I think we're going to look back on it quite fondly. Um, after he's gone, but I mean, going into this tournament, he's such the clear-cut favorite, right? I mean, it's it 
so it was so much harder for me to get excited uh, you know on this one we have just one guy that's slated to win it then we go to the other side right where i mean i can make a great case for more than six women at, at more than 20 to one uh, to win the tournament i mean it really is a tale of two cities on the way that we're handicapping this so uh, i do think that it's going to be one of those things that we'll probably appreciate it more um, once it's nearing the end. But but right now, the inevitability, I think, is kind of robbing me uh, of some excitement. Just from this quarter here, um, I just had a question for you guys. Yannick Sinner, is there a chance that he makes some noise here and can get can get up to, to Rublev and maybe give him um, some issues? Or do you think that I might maybe overestimating his chances on the grass? I, I think it reminds me a lot of Stefano Pass like pre 2021. Look, I'm I'm going to be opposing City Pass as much as I can because mm-hmm. I still don't until I see him be able to return on the lightning fast grass, um I just won't believe it. And I think this year he he may prove me wrong this year. That's fine because he is much better than he was 2 years ago. But Yannick Sinner is probably still like 2019 City Pass where I just don't trust him to return on quick surfaces and because he's such a heavy favorite in so many matches um, whether it be on quick cards or on grass, uh, I think the plus games and even money lines opposing him uh, do percent value. I didn't hear. We'll get to the single matches later. I didn't take anything with Fukshevich, but um, I, I just I don't see him troubling too many people. And again, when when you're so serve reliant to win matches on quick surfaces, um, if you do make that second week and and play Novak in the quarter, should he get there? I don't think he will. But I mean, it it, it I think it comes crashing down for him there. It's just it's tough to make a case. Uh, you, you, tie breaks though with Rublev. I mean, if right. they're both quick court lovers and big servers, that could be interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of with John there. I don't know that if Sinner's game's necessarily there yet, but what I will say to his favor is even as such a young player, I'm not worried about him in best of five tennis. I'm not worried about all this stuff. At some point, he just needs to tighten up a couple of things in his game, figure a few things out, and he's going to start to do really well here. I think the draw is beatable for him. I don't know. You know, Puksovich could give him a little trouble. The second round match won't be tough. I'm curious to see who's there in the third round. But I think the match, hopefully with him and Rublev, will be a lot of fun. But I agree with John. I don't know if he has quite the weapons yet on this surface to it, really. If you can get like a plus 500. Novak. If you can get like a plus 500 on a ve- on Vesely, uh, if he gets that second round and he looks like he cares, that could be a really interesting uh, uh, play in the second round. All right, let's jump into the second quarter. The aforementioned Stefano Tsitsipas is our top seed there at number three down at the bottom. RBA in the middle. An Australian that I like to make a run here, Mr. Alex Diemenauer. Um, mm-hmm. I've actually got my quarterfinal here, John. I've got Diemenauer, RBA. What do you think of that? Yeah, I don't mind it. I think the second quarter, let me pull up my uh, my bet slip here where I pulled everything that I like. The second quarter is the one where I think you can you can like multiple double-digit numbers, and it's because Sitsi passes at $2.50 or plus 150 to win this quarter, and I think that's irresponsible just because we haven't seen him ever do it on grass. Is he the best player in this quarter, like tennis player? Yes. Should he be a plus 150 to win, you know, five matches on a surface where he's been a 500-level player his whole career and has never, ever really shown that he's been able to return? And he hasn't played a lead-in tournament off of a disappointing two-set blown lead, or blown two-set lead? No, I don't think he should be that. So um, players I like, you mentioned, RBA. Hour. I like both of them. Eleven and uh, ten and eleven to one. And Francis Tiafo, the guy who I don't, I think has a decent chance to knock Sitsi Pass off in the first round, is forty to one uh, at Bet three six five. Those are all numbers I like um, in in double digits in this quarter. I think this is where you want to target it because I do think the top seed is super overvalued. So you're going to find value in some other players um, throughout the quarter. Now, spread. I'm going to see if you can guess here. Do you know who the third favorite to win this quarter is? Hopefully it's the guy that I got winning the quarter, Hashinov. Am I right? Andy Murray. 
Oh, is it really? What? Andy Murray is eight and a half to one to win this quarter. It goes six Who's... to plus plus one fifty. Chapo six and a half to one. Andy Murray eight and a half to one. So I think just that sits a plus number and that Murray number. The RBA ten to one, Demon Hour eleven to one. Um, I was able to play them in some derivatives just to make the quarterfinal at some really nice numbers. I think those are good too. But spread, I'm sorry that I had to cut you off there. It sounded like you were excited about the Russian there. Pocket Kings, break it down. Yeah, I mean, uh, big serve, big forehand. Uh, seems like a nice little um, recipe for some grass court success, right? And <laughs> we talked about it earlier. This seems pretty chalky. You know, struggling to find a dog here. Um, so I kind of went off what Ori was saying. We have, you know, first thing you want to target is maybe a quarter where um, the seed is getting more um, value than we think they should or more, um, you know, they're marking them higher than I think you should. And I think that is there uh, with Sitsipas. Um, so I, I like that ability there on the other side. Like Demon Hour, like, I understand why you like him here. And, and if he ends up, you know, knocking out my guy, I would not be – uh, that surprise, but I still think that this isn't the best service for him. I even would be, if Dan Evans makes it, I think Dan Evans can give um, Demon a lot of uh, issues here. Um, and then we're looking at the bottom half. I, I mean, gosh, just a bunch of wild cards, right, that could come up here. This is actually my favorite quarter to watch. Uh, with Shapovalov, who obviously has his issues, but when he's playing on, can be brilliant. Um, Basil starting to come around back into form. Opelka, right? Seems like he's tailor-made to take over Isner's, um, you know, American <laughs> grass deal where he just hits aces all days and wins, you know, tie breaks every single time. And then uh, RBA. So uh, I know I'm taking a stab here, but I like Hashinov to come through here and maybe upset and give us a little bit of intrigue here uh, in this quarter. Yeah, we didn't touch on Chapavala, but real quick, John, what do you think of his chances? I don't mind him. I think he's in a tough quarter, though. That's that's what I don't like about his chances here. Uh I would have preferred him in, you know, let's say the fourth quarter where it's like Medvedev, Fed, Chilich. You know, I think he's got a better shot down there where they all have certain concerns for me. Even, you know, Medvedev coming off a title wasn't the wasn't the most convincing week from him, I'll, I'll say. Um, and I think obviously Fed is someone I would, I'd rather have him in a quarter with than, you know, all these names like Bautista Agud who likes quick courts, Dimenauer, who Like, I, I, don't, I haven't seen a kid... Dimitar's age who moves as well as he does in the grass. Like it's like it's really tough and it's slick and players fall. Veterans, we saw Gofan fall. He's out of the out of Wimbledon. He's a veteran. He likes grass. And even he had trouble moving on it. This kid is like he gets he gets on the grass and it's 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 no concern at all. It's like he's 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 a natural. So um I, I think there's a lot of names here. I have Hatchinoff out in the first round. Um when you get broken like oh, multiple no. times by Fel- Feliciano Lopez on grass, your your bad form is is really bad. Um but yeah, I I think this is probably an interesting slam to watch Chapo. We'll, we'll see if he can get some, some breaks though. He's going to need to be uh, a little better returning. I do agree. That's the most fun quarter, but let's move into a quarter where I think we have a chance at maybe seeing a finalist here. Matteo Berrettini, the seven seeds at the top of the quarter, Mr. Zverev, the four seed down there at the bottom, another Canadian FAA there in the middle Casper rude. Um, you know, as I start to look at this, I do have again, a Zverev Berrettini quarterfinal. Actually, I think Berrettini moves through, um, and wins this quarter here. But, again, there's some interesting names here. I mean, John, I know that you're a big Berrettini fan. But was there anybody else that stuck out to you? Not really. I think Berrettini is um, – and it's funny because I, I listened to uh, a few other tennis shows and, and whatnot, and it seems like everyone has Djokovic in a tier of his own, and then there's a wide gap, and then there's Berrettini, and then a gap to Medvedev. And that's pretty much how I see it as well. I mean, Berrettini – does he have the serve? Yes. Does he have the forehand? Yes. Does he have a, 
a slice that becomes more effective on the surface? Yes. And then the big one is experience and pedigree more than any other surface because this season is so short. Being comfortable on it, having experience on the surface is incredibly important. Does he have that? Yes. He's got two titles now. He's got Stuttgart um, in 2019 and now he's got Queens Club. He might have a, I don't know if he has a third. I just know he has at least two is what I'm trying to say. And be winning Queens Club and the way he won Queens Club, it was just, it was incredibly not easy. I don't like. I don't want to say it's easy. Only he could say that. But he certainly made it look easy um, when he did it. So he's got every. He kind of checks every box you're looking for in a grass court player, and he pushed Djokovic decently at Wimbledon. Uh, at um, pardon me, the French Open, and I think that his game is probably more suited. Even if he's more comfortable on clay and grew up on clay, I think his game is actually more suited to the grass. If he's ever going to push. Novak Djokovic again uh, I think he could do it here in the final so I think it's it's pretty chalky and it's like it's a very common take within the tennis community but there's a reason it's so common right there's a reason common sense is common although in today's world that may not be the case as much anymore but uh Berrettini Djokovic name the finalist at seven to one is something that I'm definitely going to be in on love that I'm on that as well and there's another one of those name the finalist bets I have those are Kind of my two big futures here, besides some derivatives that are you can only really find at Bed365. Love those people. Now, Spread, you gave us Hatchinov in the last quarter. Do you have a surprising name for us here? You know, Uncle Tony couldn't help FAA out on play, but do you think maybe you can get him figured out for grass? No. <laughs> I like Zverev to come through here again. Um, I, I just I like the way that he's been playing. Obviously, the serve's going to do pretty well. Barantini is going to be an issue. Um He's going to get – I think that's going to be a tough match, though, uh, assuming he plays uh, Karatsev in the round before. Um, so I do like Zverev here as kind of like a way to differentiate myself from, like John said, every other tennis pocket. And, and they're right, right? I mean, if we, everything's even money, guarantee makes sense. But I think if you're trying to differentiate yourself and get different, I don't think Zverev is a bad look here. Um, as crazy, crazy as that might sound with some of his uh, Grand Slam performances so far. And I would love to get your thoughts on the guy that I can, that I pretty much consider to be John McEnroe without the will to win, and that's Nick Kyrgios. How does he do? <laughs> well, I was going to ask you guys, does anybody want to fight him? <laughs> it's like he's looking for a boxing match. I mean, yeah. Fred, I know you're a big fighting guy, and you know, yeah. I don't know. He's got he's got a pretty big reach on you, but he's got <laughs> that wily veteranship. What do you think? Maybe we'll let you wear the helmet. Yeah, I would love to I see him, him knock him out. I would love to see Fred knock Curios out. Wouldn't happen, <laughs> but I'd love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Curios is fun. This is a great surface for him. We know his serve, his ability to win tie breaks. But when was the last time he played tennis. God, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be cheering he, for him. I'll be watching. He played the Aussie, right? I love him. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do he, believe yeah. he did, but he hasn't. I don't think played outside of Australia in a long time. So this is a rematch of that five setter they played in, in. I think the second round or third round, second, I believe. One of the two was either second or third round. And now they're playing the first round here um, on a surface that probably is going to. It's again, this is it's a good service for both of them. It'll be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say about Nick Kyrgios, and it's only because you asked, I am determined not to talk about him too much because as he said on Twitter, it's like, I come back into the game. I haven't played in months. And now everyone's talking about me. Oh, look at my influence on the game. Shut up. Everyone's talking about you because you're an idiot. You moron. Um, I despise Nick Kyrgios. I think he's terrible for the game. I don't give a damn about the attention he brings to it. I hope he loses first round and everyone stops talking about him. <laughs> Screw him. All right. <laughs> I don't mean to plan mean this, guys. We didn't even plan this. Like, I, I don't mean words. I'm this sorry. This is all organic here. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, an idiot. I, I'm, I'm a loud mouth. I get it, but I can't stand him or his character. 
I like him. I like what he does. I like that he stirs it up. I like watching John be so angry. So I'll be <laughs> yeah, cheering for him. I'll be betting overs in his matches and things like that. So we'll see how that goes. But I think that just about wraps up the third quarter. We head into the fourth. Mr. Federer is our sixth seed here. Looks like he's got a nice start here. But we'll see if he can get it done. Down at the bottom, Daniel Medvedev, who, again, did win the title last week. And although I agree with you, John, that he didn't look spectacular, I thought it was a warm-up event. He looked good enough. You know, he's got Struff here in the first round, which I'm not super excited about. But then the rest of the way, it's it's kind of smooth sailing until he gets out of the quarterfinals, even the semifinals to play Berrettini. You know, how do you see this quarter playing out? I I would agree. I think the Medvedev, um, I don't bet on narrative per se, or at least um, like revenge angle narratives because we don't really know what Medvedev's mindset is. But I almost think that he's the type of guy that will remember that Lost in Hala against Struff, and I'm, I'm kind of intrigued to see if he just comes out and blitzes through that match. But look, a title on grass is big for him because he does dislike, he doesn't like the slick surface and moving on it. You saw the frustration when he smashed the kind of sponsor tarp in um, Hala, the Noventi uh, thing after sliding and just like hammering. He was really pissed off because he doesn't like how he like how he moves or how you have to move on the grass and so anytime you can get multiple matches under your belt and a title that's going to help him kind of gain some comfort or get acclimated to it so that is certainly a plus I, like i said i'm still not convinced uh in how he won that title that he's a challenger for a contender for wimbledon but he certainly could win this quarter i mean there's i'm trying to look at i'm looking at the draw right now i'm not huge on many people uh marin chilic is probably my favorite here um, and I think you're going to see a lot of tie breaks in that in that potential match between Chilich and Medvedev, and it's just who can who can play better in the tie breaks. I mean, I, I don't really look at I don't I don't look at record in the tie breaks because I think there's like within a sport that has a ton of variance because of how short the scoring system is. To, you know, race to six games that is like the highest variance part of tennis is race to seven points, win by two. One double fault on serve could cost you, especially on grass on the men's side, could cost you a set. So. Um, I do think it'll be a, a fairly random match there between Chilich and Medvedev. But if he can get through that, he should be able to get to the semis. I agree. I think Chilich is probably the big obstacle until he gets really to the semifinals. And one of the things I do like about Medvedev, tennis is such a mental sport, and he is so much stronger and really superior to a lot of guys in this way. It matters just a, a ton on best of five. Now, Spread, as you look at this fourth quarter, you know, you're an older guy. You're an AARP card holder like Mr. Federer. Are you going to defend him? Or are you just going to let us go through this whole quarter and not really mention him? Yeah, I think he's going to do quite well. I think that, that when he loses in the semifinal to Medvedev, that we're going to say, hey, that was a pretty good tournament for your age. Um, <laughs> uh, Do you guys see him getting that far? I, I, yeah, thought, quarter, I think huh? that he's going to do pretty well. A oh, quarterfinal, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, um, I've got him advancing pretty far. I mean, John, where do you have him going out? I have him losing in that quarterfinal, actually. I'm not as keen on opposing him early as some are. I think that Manorino's comfortable in grass, but boy, he just doesn't have enough to his game to get through Fed uh, or trouble him. And I think Fed will find a break um, in, at, in at least two of the three sets he'll win there. So I do think that that Fed gets through the first round. He owns Richard Gasquet historically. Uh, Yuichi Sugita has, I don't give him any chance to beat Gasquet, to be honest. He's in terrible form. Who's in the third round? Nori is in great form, but I think Nori has a tricky first match. Pui has kind of worked his way back into a little bit of form, loves quick surfaces with that serve forehand combo. I'm just, I'm not sold on anyone beating him before the quarters. I, I wouldn't bet Federer because, you know, at any time that body could break down and a guy like Pablo Carreño Busta in a potential fourth round could trouble him. 
because he's just so rock solid uh, from the baseline. He's got a consistent game. And if Fed does start to get like he did against Ojeda, he starts to leak a ton of errors. Um, that's a guy who could knock him off before the quarters. Lorenzo Sanego, another guy I think can mix up his game, plays a little bit of variety, likes the drop shot, has a big serve himself to, to make sure he gets uh, some holds. So I think there could be some some uh, obstacles in the fourth round, but I, I do think he is by far uh, the best player in the top half of this quarter, in that little eighth or his section. Yeah, I agree. And I think it'll be fun to watch him play Medvedev. Um, you know, again, the mental advantage is kind of gone there. I mean, Federer is as comfortable as anybody here. We'll see physically what he has left at that point. But as we start to wrap up, you know, we went through the draw. We broke it down. We mentioned, you know, Djokovic minus 125 or 1.8 or better. I know John and I are taking some exact final matchups. Djokovic, Berrettini. I also have Djokovic, Medvedev. Um, I think Djokovic, Medvedev is right around 5-1. to one. Uh, Djokovic, Berrettini is right around 7-1. to one. Um, any other um, pre-tournament outright bets for you guys here before we jump into the single matches? What do you got, John? Uh, Rublev to go further than Zverev is what I like. I think, obviously, Ooh. I think he gets knocked off by Djokovic in the quarter. But I think Zverev has a, you know, tricky, not, not necessarily, I don't I don't know how to word it, but I, I, don't, I don't trust Sasha Zverev here yet. I think he's got a very tough fourth round, whether it be a motivated Nick Kyrgios, which it won't be. Whether it be <laughs> Ugo Bear, whether it be Felix Ogelia-Sim, like Ugo Bear beat him in hollow with for a reason. Like he's very good on the grass. He loves it. His game is suited to it. Ogelia-Sim has made multi- two of his eight finals have come on grass, which is like the shortest of all the seasons uh, for a reason. These guys both have huge serves. Felix moves well for his frame on this uh, surface and both of their ground strokes, uh, their, gra- their, their baseline games are accentuated. The power is accentuated with the grass. So just for that reason, and the fact that Rublev is plus 150 and I think has a much easier road to the quarters, um, I don't – I think that – look, I think they both – they could both make the quarter, but who's li- who's more likely to be tripped up beforehand? That has to be, to be Zverev for me. And as a result, I think this should be even money or like – even if you're, if you're factoring the Vigan minus 110 each side. And Rublev is plus 150 or $2.50. I think that's just wrong uh, when, you, when you look at the draw. Like if you break down the draw, I do think that – Zverev has a tougher road. I'm not saying he will lose to one of them, but I'm saying, again, he, there's more potential to trip him up uh, prior to the quarters than there is for Rublev. So I think that uh, plus money like that is just wrong on that uh, direct like market. That. Spread, how about you? Anything else? Nope. I'm going to just chill. This seems like it's a very long coronation, you know, two weeks, and we'll talk about <laughs> how great Novak is. And then, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I think I'll be watching 80% on the WTA side. Yeah. A couple others that I have. Again, these are all to reach the quarterfinals. They're tough to find. Demon Hour to reach the quarterfinals at six to one. Rublev to reach the quarterfinals at plus one seventy-five. Medvedev to reach the quarterfinals at even money, and Berrettini to reach the quarterfinals at minus one twenty-five. Where'd you find those? Are those three six five? Yeah, those are three six five. I don't know if they're anywhere else. Um, I didn't really poke around, but if you can find those, and then another further bet, I went with Medvedev further than Sitsipov. Minus one twenty five or one point eight. So some other well, directors like that one. That's, to find those. Look for those. Yeah. But Sorry, I had that in my bet slip too. A dollar seventy two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Medvedev over Sitsi Pass is one I like as well. Um, just because he's got the draw and he's got the game that's more suited to it. He's a better returner. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I agree with that as well. Cool. All right, we're going to jump into the first round matches, but there are sixty four, so we're not going to be doing all of them. Because that <laughs> would just be a waste of kind of everyone's time. Like. I'm looking here. The first one we could have talked about was Kekmanovic minus 1,000 against Bagnus. <laughs> Anderson minus 417 or right around 1.24-ish, I would think, against Barrios plus 319. John, do you have an angle here for us? 
Uh, I don't have an official. I've got four or five. I've, first of all, this is the biggest outlay I've ever had in the first round of a, a slam. And I'm a high volume better. So that tells you something. It's, I've been doing this for five years now. Um, and this is easily the most I've ever outlaid. So, um, yeah, this is one I don't have anything official on yet. But it is a tab where I'm like, I still want to play. I do think Barrios Vera has a chance to to keep things close. He's got a big serve. He's got a four and he came through quality. So he's not a grass quarter by any stretch of the imagination. But he does have um, the game, and Anderson's return game just has not been great on grass. Uh, although if you look at his return points won and total points won in his three losses on grass this season, he was actually better than his opponents in every facet of the game. It was a really odd um, kind of deal. I think the, the I think he lost to Kudla, and it was two tie breaks for seven fives, and he won a 6-1 set. So you could, like, he has been better than I think the 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 record shows so that's why i've held off for now but i do think barrios could keep this two tie breaks and like a six four and if you can get four or five maybe five and a half games i think you might have an edge there um but it's not official for me just yet but i did want to talk about it yeah i mean i, I like that that'll be fun go ahead spread i would say kevin anderson man his career almost reads like a greek tragedy right like the beginning of his career he's got all the physical tools and he doesn't have the mental. And then he gets that like sports psychologist that almost had him like going over the top with the self-talk and the self-praise, you know. Then he had that one little run where he puts it all together, right, with the mind and the body. Now that he's got his mind right, it seems like the body's betrayed him. And I just feel bad because he really seems like a genuinely good guy, you know, a, a real role model and someone that, that we can root for. And it's just too bad that uh, the way that his career has kind of turned out with only that one little time where uh, where everything was going right for him. Did he make the final at Wimbledon? Was it the final or semi? I can't remember. I'm trying to look at him now. That's oh, and that was the was that the year was, that, he lost to Djokovic lost to Djokovic the years in the final and he beat Federer that and I think the did yes. they have to go two days if I remember yes right? that, yeah. Uh, yeah. he he won thirteen eleven in the fifth against Federer and then twenty six twenty four in the fifth against Isner imagine having to play a fifth set yeah. win by two between those two guys and that <laughs> he had nothing for Djokovic it's, he actually yeah. worked his way into the match though it was six two six two seven six who knows if he wins that third set if he can if he can try and get to another tiebreak in the fourth and. But whatever. But I, yeah, he lost. He 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 kind of ran ran out of gas. And he, I mean, remember in the fourth round too, Mofi seven six seven six five seven seven six four long sets. So mm -hmm. anyway, but yeah, he did make a final. Yeah. Onward and upward, Dennis Kudla, Davidovich Fokina, right around to pick a minus one ten ish or one point nine one either way. Should be a fun watch. I didn't really have a strong side here. How about you, John? This is my biggest bet of the first round, um, and it's it's with Dennis Kudla. He's just more comfortable on the on the surface. There's a few things. Listen, Davidovich Rokina is a, a a junior champion here. That, but his pro career success on grass has not convinced me of anything yet. Um, I don't think his game style is is the greatest for a, a fast surface like this. I think he he uses his athleticism and like his crazy ability to to move around the courts to track balls down. But this is a surface where prolonged points are few and far between. And Dennis Kudla likes quicker surfaces and knows how to shorten points. And he's got the experience on this surface to be able to do that. And I think if he's going to be able to shorten the points against Davidovich Fokina, that takes away Fokina's biggest advantage. Look, he's got the he's got the kind of weapons to hit through the surface. And that's going to be a plus for him. But other than that, I just don't like the game style. I don't like the way he he kind of runs around with reckless abandon, throws his body all over the court. This is the surface that will punish you the most for that. Um, I think the over-under on, on spills for David Oshokinen's match should be set around three and a half. Uh, but 
yeah, I, I just think there's a confluence of factors that has me thinking that Kudli here should be about uh, like a dollar fifty-three to a dollar fifty-seven. I think that's almost minus two hundred, minus one eighty yeah. to minus one ninety range, and he's now at even money. He's back to even. I want to take a look here. I'm just on odds border real fast. He's minus one hundred two or dollar ninety-eight at Pinnacle and Bet Hard for those in Canada or or European countries where they operate. Plus one hundred five. He's now the dog. So I, I don't think I agree with that pricing, and I think it should be punished. Um, just based on experience and pedigree, uh, as well as the ability to shorten those points for Kudla. Sousa, two to one odds, underdog against Andreas Seppi. Seppi minus 250, or right around, I believe that's 1.4. You know, I mean, are we back in the underdog here? Sousa hasn't been good for a little while. I mean, this this looks a little short to me, even kind of at first glance. I I assume you like the favorite here, John? No, 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 the uh, the dog. Um, Look, the four wasn't there early in the season, but this is a surface where people don't realize that the serve of Sosa plays so well on grass. And he has had success in the past. I remember, I think I watched the, what was the Borna Chorich match always sticks out to me where I was really surprised at how well his game plays on the grass. And you can see it. Like his record isn't great in grass season, but he certainly has looked better eye test wise um, than he has on any other surface so far this year. And there's a reason for that. The serve does, is going to play. Uh, Seppi is, is going to be breakable as well. So I'm not huge on his return game, but it's not like Seppi has monstrous weapons that he's just going to serve bot his way through. Uh, look, he also hasn't impressed me all that much this grass season. He's looked really, really shaky. That first set against Nishioka, he let him right back in it, even though he won it in a tie break. He lost outright to Zhang Zhizhen um, after beating him at, an, at the challenger the, the week prior. There's been some shaky results. Lost to Max Purcell outright, uh, which was nice because I was on that. But there, there's he has not been that impressive. He's got the flat game, and he does have the game that kind of enjoys the grass. But I think this should be much tighter in price. I don't mind somebody being the favorite, but but this far out, I have to I have to back uh, Sosa here. Now we did do a little preview of this preview already. Mackenzie McDonald plus one thirty five mm-hmm. or two point three four against Karen Hatchinoff minus one sixty four. I believe that puts him right in the. 1.6-ish range, 1.62, maybe something like that. We know John likes Hashinov. We know Spread. I'm sorry. We know Spread likes Hashinov. I like Hashinov. John does not. Now, I'll start with you, Spread, here. I mean, were you planning on backing Hashinov in this match, or or, are you not going to do that anymore based on John said he was going to (laughs) lose? I mean, (laughs) fortunately, uh, you know, uh, John's not 100% on his picks, right? So I'm usually with him. (laughs) It's a shot fired for Spread of Sarah. Yeah, did I say he's not 100%? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I'm with him, right? I just, I bet the Kudla while he was breaking it down. I said, hey, he's got this. I already, I thought that was a little short to begin with. He put me on the top. He's not going to be able to convince me here, though. Um, McDonald, I mean, I know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm completely fine um, with fading Americans overseas here, um, even though Americans do do better on the grass because it, it fits the fact that we pretty much only learn how to serve and hit forehands. And then <laughs> by that time, like tennis camps wrapping up and we all, you know, run off and, and go play other sports. But um, I, I like Hashinov here to get it done uh, regardless, but I'd love to hear what Jorge thinks um, and, and how, how McDonald's going to get this done. Yeah. So he's got the game for grass. He's always not always had success, but like he's got the, the kind of, Ability to hit that ball on a low bouncing surface. Um, I think his game is actually helped out by there's certain guys that their game isn't big enough for grass and the grass can't even really add a bit more oomph to their strokes. And there are guys who are in that middle category where they don't have huge weapons, but they're, they look a little bit more dangerous because of quick surfaces. I think Mackie's in that range as well. Um, he's, he's always been comfortable on the grass. He's been overvalued this season though, until this match. Uh, 
I really was looking forward to backing him in a few of those challengers and trying to like roll over parlay. He was like a dollar ten to a dollar twenty in all those matches, and he's been underwhelming for where I thought he would, like the expectations I had for him. I will preface this by saying that. Uh, but I mean, Hachanov has just been bad this year, regardless of surface. I mean, you cannot look. Feli Lopez is still a good grass court player. I get it, but like six four six two after winning the first set. That is not good. You should not be broken multiple times in a couple sets by Feliciano Lopez on grass with that serve. He did, he looks kind of disoriented. I think this could be should be closer to a pick'em. I could make a case if I wanted to a Mackie being uh, being a deserved favorite here, uh, but because of his underwhelming form as well, I'll just I'll keep it to like pick'em to even two dollars, maybe slight underdog. But it's it's risen to like two dollars forty two dollars forty in some places. Pardon me, and I just think that's way too long. Yeah, it's, you both make compelling cases. I'm going to pass. Maybe I'll bet it over, something like that for fun. <laughs> Riley That's Okelka, a good look. Minus 150, or uh, what is that, 1.67 against uh, Dominic Kepper, plus 125 or 2.25. Now, our Swedish cohort, Snice, I heard it in a chat, he likes Domi here. Are, are we going to side with the Swede? What do you think, John? Yeah, look, um, I just think this is going to be really tight. These guys both have... Big serves, big enough weapons. Kepfer also angles so well that he's going to be able to exploit that Opelka movement. Opelka's been out of form. This, to me, is a, is a classic coin flip. And so you're going to give me, I think I got it, uh, $2.34 plus $1.35. I'm going to check my spreadsheet here. Um, if you're going to give me, yeah, $2.31, apologies, plus $1.31. If you're going to give me that, again, $0.30 cents of plus money here on a coin flip, I'll take that every day of the week. It's yeah, I mean, and forgive me for throwing form out the window on this three-week grass season, but I'm going to take Opelka <laughs> again here, right? Like, I mean, I just normally, like, I love the form, especially when we were doing the French Open capping where we have the real season, the real buildup, and even be able to see them in a variety of spots, you know, like the, the quicker uh, high-altitude clay, you know, then they go to Rome, you know, slows down, like, it gets a little more like what we're going to see, right? I mean, this, as much as I would love to say that Eastbourne is going to be predictive of what happens here at Wimbledon, um, you know, I'm just I'm not as big on form, so I like Opelka here. Yeah, I, I kind of do too, but that's well, we'll see. I think this match is very close. I don't I like Opelka to win, but I don't know if I'm backing him at this number. I mean, if you're lining this, John, I have this pretty close to a pick'em. You know, maybe yeah. Opelka's wow. a small, small favorite, something in that range. So I don't watch that much. It's, I mean, and I've like kept for as a dog, and I remember we talking about him on the French Open pod. But I think we got a way bigger number on him. I mean, he's is he really ascended his game that much that I that I'm really overlooking him here? Yeah, I think so. I think he's another college player, uh, too. By the way, he's a former collegiate guy. So was Mackie McDonald. So yeah. I'm on the side of uh, former college players. It looks like in this first round. But yeah, he has he has a nice first serve. He and he he angles really well. I really like his ability to angle. I, I liked him on quicker surfaces before, but he started to look good on on clay. A little more top's been added to his game. And because he angles and, and can hit those uh, some top spin shots, I think that improved for him on clay. But he can also flatten out his backhand really nicely. And he angles, like I said, that's key here against someone who's not the best mover. His ability to serve out wide. He's a lefty. He's going to be serving out wide a lot, especially on the ad side, uh, to that Opelka backhand. I think there's certain matchup characteristics here that that favor Kepfer. Um, and I, I think you end up seeing some relative easy holds from both of these guys. And like I said, if you're going to get into a lot of tie breaks, I'm taking the plus money every time. Is this ladder in it? <laughs> ladder <Is> movement. It? <laughs> yeah, it's but it's like two dollars thirty. Like they they have really really uh, juiced the uh, the set overs here. It's tough. It's tough with the ladders on the on the men's side. They you, they really do price those up. 
Now, another match, John, that you had uh, marked off here, uh, Rinderneck. Uh, apologies if I mispronounce it, which I'm sure I did because it's French, and you're probably not supposed to pronounce any of the consonants. Um, <laughs> favorite minus 169 um, against Ott here, plus 138 or 2.38. I kind of like the Frenchman here, John. I mean, what do you think of his game based on what I saw him do in the hardcore season and some of these indoor French events earlier? It seems like he has the serve and the game for it. Um, what do you think in this match and then maybe, you know, for the rest of the tournament? Yeah, he, he reminds me a lot of um, another guy who's been kind of toiling on the Challenger Tour that's starting to, to make waves and qualities at the Tour level is uh, Marc-Andrea Huesler, except Huesler had a tough time taking his bigger game and converting it to grass. Rinderneck has not. He has kind of seamlessly transitioned to grass season and is looking really good. His match against Nikola Milojevic, I was in a couple of group chats being like, how is how did he only win that set 7-6? And then, of course, he wins the next two, I think, 6-3, 6-2, or 6-4, 6-2. Either way, he really took over, worked his way into a lot of return games. In that second set, he only won it by a break, but he had 15-40 and love 30 in back-to-back -back, uh, return games after that break was already secured, too. So he really worked his way into return games. And Ota has had great uh, service numbers as well. But I just think Rinodex got a much bigger game, and he, he has shown the ability to work into return games despite not being someone you would anticipate doing that uh, on grass. And because he's just all around the better player, this has been, this has really moved into a little bit of efficiency though, but I did want to talk about the match. Minus one and a half sets for me. I got it $2.12 at Bookmaker. I don't know where it is now. I really only use Bookmaker and Pinnacle now, the books that won't kind of, you know, limit or ban. And um, it's the only book that has the minus one and a half sets of my books. Uh, I don't know where it is now again, so be careful on that pricing, but I did like it at plus money to win three, nothing or three, one is, is certainly uh, a valuable kind of uh, position. Let me see if I can pull that price up here quickly. So you said Rainer Neck minus one and a half sets. Yeah. I don't see it on the site that I'm looking at either, but I agree. I think that should be a nice spot for him. Um, even the money line looks like it has a little bit of value, but the minus one and a half sets is probably the best way to go about it. Another match that will be very close, Australia, Chris O'Connell against Frenchman, Gael Monfils. It's right around to pick him again, minus 110 or 1.9 each way. Spread, can the Frenchman do it? I'm going to be a Chris O'Connell enthusiast in this match here. Uh, I got no problems uh, fading Monfils, and he's the type of guy, right, when you fade him and you're wrong, you look really dumb, but I'll go ahead and I'll take that. Uh, you know, shouts out to Zampa. I will be an enthusiast as well in this match. How about you, John? Yeah, um, quickly on the Rinderneck, it's $2.06, so you're still good. It's only a couple cents a move. Uh, I will also be on O'Connell until Gal Monfils shows any signs of life on a tennis court. Uh, when's the last time he won a match? When's the last time he looked relevant? He's looked terrible this grass season. He's looked terrible in 2021. Um, I just, maybe, maybe he gets up for the grand slam with, you know, crowds there. Who knows if he gets up for it, but I mean, until he shows any signs of life, I will fade him with just about anyone competent on a tennis court uh, near even money every time. He has two wins this year. Do you remember where they were? Uh, <laughs> well, marrying, getting engaged to Alina Svitolina is his biggest win. Like that yeah. is, that so is just not even close. Yeah, that's like no, he's got like ten wins. That counts for eight wins in my book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge Svitolina fan, but um, no, I don't remember. But I'm looking it up now. Oh wow, they were both on play. First, uh, he beat Ramos first round of the French Open, and then Thiago Sibol Wild in his first match. I guess that is the first round in the. Wow, there you go. Okay, well, I didn't know it would be on clay. I figured maybe the uh, the Arab swing might have been uh, might have been decent form. But there you go. Yeah, I mean, beating Ramos—that's the only concern here, right? Is if he does show up first round of a slam, um, and and beat someone competent, that's that's the risk. But I mean, again, he just there's that's the part. Of, 
I guess I would give him like a 35, 40% chance. And so if I'm getting even money, that's that's enough of an edge. And that 35% is almost always going to be him just randomly showing up, caring about a slam, winning a match, and then bailing. And right? so. you know the worst part, John, is if we lose this bet, I mean, he's not going to win 7-6, 6-4, seven, 7-6, six, 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 right? He's going to win 6-2, six, 6-1, six, right? And, and yep. just look brilliant on the court. And, and yep. by the middle of the second, we're going to be like, well, you know, we got this and, and that's. That's where the trolls come in because trolls don't realize. I anticipate he he wins this thirty five percent of the time. I anticipate I lose my bet. I don't care how the bet loses. Yeah, there are certain there are certain times where he's going to win six two six two six two. That's part of the thirty five percent. We're looking at percentages here, but that's not how trolls work. Even in group DMs, like you see people coming and making fun of someone they don't like by dropping a tweet like, "Aha, you suck today." It's like yeah, that's part of the game. Like I hate that crap, I, <laughs> but that's how trolls operate, right? They don't think logically, they don't think through percentages. They just look at a bad loss or like a lopsided loss like, "Oh, you suck." Okay. Bye-bye. Muted. See ya. Marco Cecchinato, as you might remember from my favorite fine of all time, plus 170 or 2.7 against Liam Brody. Brody minus 210, right around 1.48, I believe. Um, who we back in here, John? Oh, I'm taking the lefty with a flat game against uh, checking out on a quick surface every time. I think I got it minus three and a half games. I'm not, again, I did all this on Friday and I haven't, I didn't have the wherewithal to go through and check where they currently are at. So check your books, make sure it's still playable. I think it's playable to four and a half games though, honestly. I think this should be like six. This should be- Really? Yeah, I don't, you should be deciding on, um, does checking out take one of the three sets to a tie break? Okay. I'm also gonna probably look at minus two and a half sets now that I asked that question. There might be some value in the minus sets lines uh, as well, but three and a half games just seems way too low. Like if you're cashing on seven six seven six six four, I mean you're gonna give checking out of that much credit on a fast surface to keep it that close. Like that's just a that was a poor price. I'm not sure where it is now. I'm sure. I hope the tennis markets bet it down for like the sake of my sanity to like minus four minus four and a half. But I think it's still playable at four or four and a half to be honest. Now this next match, I just wanted to bring it up just out of respect because I think this might be the favorite match from our brother down under Steve in Australia. Pullman's minus 350 against Yen Sun Lu, who is still enjoying, I guess, a protected rank, however the hell he's getting into these tournaments, plus to 83.8. Again, I don't have anything here. Just wanted to bring it up. What do you guys think? Let's <laughs> get it done with the hat. If there's anyone who I don't mind abusing that protected ranking, it's it's Randy Lou. Like, good for, like, he is someone who kind of has toiled and grinded his whole career, so okay, but it's getting excessive. Like, how many more tournaments does he have? I think he only got 11 or 12. Somewhere between eight How and 12, long until this like ages out? Like around this year, next this time next year. Yeah, yeah, it must be probably through the end of this season. I think everything should relap for him, but who knows? We'll see. I, I think this protected ranking is for 2018, right? <laughs> like, I think it's a 2018 protected ranking. I don't think it's from 2019. It's just ridiculous. I mean, other than Indian Wells, we've had a pretty full season so far, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Next up, uh, Laszlo Jir plus one thirty. Pablo Cuevas minus 156, right around 1.66, 1.65. Are you back in the dog here, John? No, I take the I take the cover, uh lay the games here now. Ooh, I got it minus 125. Yeah, minus 125 is where I got it. Uh, I'd still lay the games. Like, look, these are two guys who are clay quarters, but Cuevas has shown more on quicker surfaces in his career than Jerry has. Look, he he has the serve. He's when you take two guys like this, they're a lot of people just think like, oh, two clay quarters, I'll pass because it's even, they both suck on grass. There are degrees of sucking, right? Like we should name the episode degrees of or degrees to being bad, sucking, okay? That's what this is. Cuevas is like several rungs above Jerry on the I suck on the surface uh, o meter, if you will, okay? So I will take 
a bet here if I'm seeing value, even if I, I won't watch the damn match. I'll tell you that right now. With all the matches going on all day for two days, I won't be watching it. I'll be having on my flash score favorites, but it won't be watched. Uh, but yeah, you do have to take the value when it prevents, presents itself. And uh, I do see that on Quavis. And folks, this is the kind of high-level analysis you become used to here on the network show. Degrees <laughs> fucking... Yeah, Christian I'm glad that Garrett. we didn't name our podcast that because I can't imagine the other Google searches that would have came up around. Here. Yeah. yeah, that's not good. Let's try to let's try to get out of here as quickly as we can. Aaron <laughs> minus one ninety six, almost minus two hundred or one point five one. Tapata Morales plus one sixty five. John, what are we doing here? I'm done guessing. Okay, yeah, I'm going with the dog on this one. Back to the, the, the <laughs> typical, typical Jorge special. Um, yeah, look, I think that uh, Bernabe Zapata Miralles is better than uh, he would in, than his kind of perception. People per perceive him to be on the grass, right? Um, he did have success. Snyes mentioned um, that he he did like his results earlier in the year on some of the indoor surfaces, especially serving wise. So he's competent. He's come through qualities. He probably played the match of qualification against uh, the young Brit Anton Matusevic. Real shame we didn't get to see him in this. I really I would like to see him with a wild card into the main draw. Only got into qualities. Um, but look, yeah, he, he these are two guys um, that again. The uh, we, we just talked about a favorite I like. Get out of here, Sid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, um, sorry, that one threw me, but yeah, the uh, this is one where I think people probably perceive it as the last match. We talked about two clay guys that aren't going to be great on grass. Look, Karina has this, both these guys have the serve and have potential to be okay on grass. And I think, again, this is just too far of a line, um, discrepancy here to, to not play the dog. I, I think Karina should be the favorite again, but I think it should be down like plus 125, plus 130. Yeah, that makes sense to me. All right, let's keep moving here. Quan minus 286 against Masor plus 225. Oh, I'll take a guess. Underdog? Yes. Yes. Hey. <laughs> yeah, again, Dan Daniel Mazur playing his first ever main draw to slam. I, I, I'm even surprised by that. I guess I'm just so used to watching Challenger Tennis that I'm acquainted enough with his game. Um, he's got a huge serve. It's pretty much what he does is just serve his way through matches. Sid will like this one because I know – uh, Quan was really bugging him last week uh, when he was trying to fade, fade him, I think. Uh, so, yeah, going to be on Danny Mazur here, the big German with the huge serve. A lot of his successes come on indoor hard courts. It, there's a reason for it. Uh, I get Quan being the favorite. He's got the better all-around game. There's no denying that. But, I mean, over plus 200, it's a little much, little much. Yeah. <laughs> now, we talked about this match a little bit already. We know that John likes Francis Tiafo at almost 5-1 to one odds to beat Stefano Tsitsipas in the first round. Anything to add on what you said earlier, John? Spread, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, no, I don't bet Tiafo matches. Yeah, right. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I, I, I can't stand betting on Tiafo. But, look, I'm on him in a couple of ways here. The plus games and um, the money line is smaller. Or sorry, plus games and money line are equal. I've actually got minus one and a half sets to at nearly ten dollars. I do think that that if I'm going to play it, I'm going to try and like yeah. really get as much out of it as I can. I'm big on TFO just because look, City Pass is the better player. Everyone knows this, but he hasn't played on grass yet. He hasn't had a lead in tournament. He's coming off a real tough French Open loss, uh, and Foe built up some form during well, whether it's short or not the grass season, whether it, it was at primarily the challenger level, and then a, I think a win or two at Queens Club. Um, he has built form up, and I, I'm, I'm happy he lost so early last week. That's actually not a negative to me because of his game style and his physical play. I'm glad he didn't put too much mileage on himself before Wimbledon. Look, I think he's in with a chance here. I got him at $7.31, uh, not just $6. So if if I can get uh, – even at $6, there's value there. But, yeah, like, Foe is just too far priced out here. 
Antoine Huang, minus 120. Oh, however you do it. Sorry, again, it's French. I don't know what to do. Minus 120 or 1.83 against Zhang, even money. Frenchman, John? Never again will I bet Zizhen after that crap he pulled. I had like four and a half units on him. We do the Daily Aces pod. Now we're you individual match breakdowns for those who don't have, pardon me, time to consume full full podcast. But um, that was my match there. 37 minutes to win six love, six three. I was like, yep, yeah, pretty much how I anticipated. And then against Francisco Serendola, out of nowhere, needs two tie breaks. Had to recover a break in both of those sets. Sweating like crazy. Look, Huang is not is just so much better than Serendola. He's got a huge serve that's going to carry him through. He needed a miracle, though, to come back as well in that final round. Had it been two out of three, he would not be in this main draw. He was down two sets, had to come back against, I believe, Alex Molchan. But I just do like his game on grass a lot more. He just has bigger weapons than uh, than Zhang. And I still don't trust Zhang to be, you know, priced um, in a in a slam. Like, he... he Huang is a better challenger player and has the better weapons in game four grass. So it should have been uh, priced further out. It should have been, uh, it shouldn't be so, lined so closely, is what I was trying to say. Corda, plus 150, Demon Hour, minus 180. Please tell me we're not backing the dog with some of this no. Demon Hour futures. Nope, we are. Uh, I just wanted to say this is the, what's it called? This is the best match of the first round for me, or one of the top three. Yeah, that should be awesome. Andy Murray's back. Maybe. We'll see. I think he's in. He hasn't said he's out. He still has time to back out. He's got Basher here. Basher, a smaller favorite, minus 115. Murray's minus 105. So 195, 1.87 we're talking about here. Just is just a match to watch, guys, or do we have an angle? Why would I, I not best Basil? Yeah. I mean, I, until Murray proves that he can win consistently against a bigger hitter, and it's best three of five now. Like, I think he won one match at Queens Club. Okay, cool. But now we're three of five. I don't trust his body to hold up, and, you know, if Basel's on his game, he's he's going to have a real tough time uh, using that that return game that he's always had uh, with age injuries and um, you know the fact that he's playing a big hitter. I don't think that return game is going to live up to what uh, people expect it to. So I'm on Basel until Murray proves he can win. Yeah, I mean, if his name was like Andy Morton, just off what you've seen this year, I mean, wouldn't this be like minus four hundred for Basel? Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Taylor Fritz, two point six or plus one sixty gets Brandon Nakashima. Nakashima almost out to minus 200. He's minus 196 or 1.51-ish. Excited to see the youngster here is a big favorite in a grand slam. I love Nakashima. He was great for me in world team tennis. But what are we doing here, John? Uh, I Look, Fritz is coming off of like minor arthroscopic knee surgery. So I think that's why you see the, the price shift out to where it is. This is too much of a move, though. Like, he has got a game for grass. I think that you can't go big here. Like, Without the knee surgery, we wouldn't have this price, right? So I feel stupid saying this. But look, this would be a multi-unit play at this price. Um, but it can't be because of that question mark. But he was training, not verified. He just tweeted out that he was training three to four hours a day. And it was it was eight days after surgery. So it's not like a big ACL thing. Or, you know, it's, it's relatively small um, of a deal. So I think that, yeah, you have to take a shot that he is going to play some competent tennis. And if he does... He should be the he would be the favorite in this match. It's just too far of a stretch, um, an overreaction here. So I, I just went with the singular unit, but I am on Fritz. Yeah, let Fritz NBA roll guys. out with an MB jersey, right? I mean, MB hey. can play through torn meniscus. Hey, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I like what you were warming up to. All right. It's, no, it's I, I think MB did great. I mean, it's too soon. But anyway, yeah, as NBA guys, we know what it's like to have a knee scope. It's actually not too bad. I mean, if, if he's had a couple of weeks, he's probably okay there. Like you said, he was practicing. So that's an interesting spot, especially against Nakashima, who I love, is not 
the most mentally sound player. So in, in best of five, I'm not sure that he's really deserving of this price, even even if he was playing some great tennis. But right. we move on. Charney plus 131 against Karatsev, minus 161. Now spread, you had this one highlighted. Do you have an angle here, or are you just curious to talk a little Karatsev? Yeah, I want to talk Karatsev. And first of all, like for whatever reason, like my word association, whenever I read Karatsev, I think of the word calves. So I don't know how that's happened, but I think it's because of the DM groups that I'm in. And yeah, secondly, I just thought this was a short price. I mean, like, what am I missing about this guy's sudden resurgent that he shouldn't be like more than minus 200 here? Am I missing something here on Charty? Yeah, John. <laughs> No, I I think you're right. I, I just have so many damn plays, and I'm not sold on him on grass just yet that I don't want to lay games in case it takes him a set or two to, to get acclimated. And he drops a set, and then that becomes tougher to cover. Shardy's got a serve that could also hold him close. I mean, it, there's just a few factors that put me off this and said, look, is there some value in that in that number in laying the games? Probably, but not. It's just it's it's on the periphery for me. It's one of the last cuts. This one, we know that John likes the underdog here he mentioned earlier. We plus 333 or 4.33 against Cameron Nori minus 435, getting pretty close to 1.2, probably 1.22 range. Anything to add from what you said earlier? Yeah, look, this isn't going to be popular. This one is not going to be popular. Nori's been in such great form this year across surfaces. I get it. Uh, but again, <laughs> I got almost $5 in Pui. He's a guy who loves quick courts. He's going to be able to hold his serve decently. And he is starting to look a little bit better than he was when he first came back this year. So I uh, took a shot. Got to take a shot. Bruce Avori plus 125. He's got Jerome minus 150. So 2.25, 1.67. Spread, did you have an angle for the, the people? Yeah, I like the dog here. I thought he had, had a good chance here. I thought this should be a pick -em. I'm getting plus 125. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts, John? Uh, this is a pass for me. I I, I, did, I liked Jerome actually, but oh, um, I think he was bet down, so I, I left it alone. I think Snyes got him at a dollar eighty-five, and that's that's decent. That's but um, yeah, no, it, it's been bet down a bit, too much. Another 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 collegiate guy, by the way. <laughs> Sandgren minus one eighty. Gombos plus one forty-six. You back in the American spread, or is this another fate of your countrymen in Europe? <laughs> No, I yeah, I know. I usually like to do that, but I like I like uh, Sandgren here. I think this should have been like minus two twenty five here. I'm willing to go ahead and jump in right now. Um, what did you think though? Am I am I playing a bad price here, John? Ah, I mean, I don't mind backing Sandgren, but I won't after watching him on uh, the lead in tournaments. Like he he just doesn't look like he's mentally there to play tennis right now. He, he just, against Munar, look, Munar played the best match I've ever seen him play on grass. But, like, he, I backed him there. I got away with it, barely. And I'm like, that's it. I'm done. Um, he just, Fritz, uh, sorry, Sandgren looks like he just, he's checked out sometimes. Far too many errors. His backhand is just leaky. Um, so, no, if, if, if his serve deserts him, he's in big trouble. The final match we want to touch on here, Jordan Thompson, plus 145. Can't believe he's not a basketball player with that name. Against <laughs> Casper Ruud, minus 175. I think we like the Norwegian here, don't we, John? No, no. The guessing ah. is just not, not like if if in doubt, always think I'm gonna back the dog. Today. Always think I'm gonna back the dog when in doubt. Look, uh Tomo has got the nice flat game. He's got he's comfortable on grass. I don't think Casper is there yet. I think he looked he did not look good in that will win against Gilles Simon. He just beat Gilles Simon because Gilles Simon sucks now. Pretty much that's the handicap or the review of that match. Um 
yeah, I'm still not sold on him. He kept Medvedev close for a set and then kind of it was run away. Like he doesn't have the flat ground strokes. He plays a lot of topspin. That's not the most effective way to play on grass. Tomo can flatten the ball. He's got the experience. He can really grind. I think he's going to be able to um, find a few breaks throughout this match. Uh, I have this closer to $2. This is Casper Ruud is a great young player who's rising up the rankings kind of pricing. Not Casper Ruud deserves to be a favorite on grass. Makes perfect sense to me. That's all, folks. A little bit under an hour here to wrap up the ATP draw. We'll be back in a few hours to do the women's draw. Got to give John a break to go take care of some things. But we'll be back then to talk women's tennis. More Wimbledon. See you then. Good luck.